Welcome back. Touchdown at 10. We talk football over the next 60 minutes. 11 o'clock talking college hoops. Maryland at Purdue on the big spotlight tonight. Locally, Patrick Stevens joins us to talk about that. Coming up at 11 o'clock, Eric Bieniemy. Hey, he's interviewing. He's here. He's in our town. Welcome, Eric. Uh, the conversation. Yeah, thank you. There you go. The studio audience excited about Eric Bieniemy coming to town for the interview process. You know, this is a guy that has interviewed 16 times, 15 teams, had coaching positions, and has been, you know, has been passed over every time. Now, sensing that the last, uh, the last frontier that he has to cross to maybe convince people he can be a head coach, and you heard Andy Reid even allude to it as well this week, is, you know, Eric being able to go somewhere and run his own show. And then maybe that would be the last, you know, thing that people would stop holding over his head uh, about, you know, being a head coach. I mean, it's it's become quite obvious to even Andy at this point, you know, what the last frontier is. And Eric Bieniemy now could be the guy that comes in here and tries to jumpstart the Washington offense if given the autonomy to do so that is also a you know particular part of it I mean if that if I'm Eric Bieniemy and I'm talking to Ron Rivera today Eric knows uh what I'm sure he's well versed on what Ron said in his end of season presser about what they want to be you know Eric Bieniemy has to sit across from him and say hey are you going to give me the autonomy to do what I need to do uh, to make this offense effective, exciting, and more importantly, help you win games. And if Ron, you know, is willing to give the enemy that type of autonomy, certainly a reasonable paycheck to do it, then maybe, just maybe, the enemy takes the opportunity to try and run his own show. And even then, even then, Maybe he sees it as a way to position himself like, hey, if I jack this offense up and we look really good, maybe new ownership will say, hey, we think you're so good. Maybe we'll bump Ron upstairs and make you the the head coach. You never know. Quite possible at this point that that happens. We know what the guy's offense does with good people, okay? That's the area where we've got to be very careful here. That offense with Patrick Mahomes, with Tyreek Hill, you know, we're like, okay, well, you got great players. This can work. However, let's look a little deeper. Let's look at this year. Tyreek Hill was in Miami, okay? Patrick Mahomes didn't have his his guy that he could just flip it to and all of a sudden turn it into a 60-yard touchdown pass, okay? Who's part of those concepts? You know, Andy Andy. Talks about Eric contributing to it. You know, uh, Eric. Eric's familiar with those concepts. You know, you got similar pieces here. In fact, you might have better pieces here than Mecole Hardman, Sky Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster. You may have better pieces here than that. So if, if Eric Bieniemy brings some of those concepts here to Washington – and these players can execute those concepts, 
wouldn't you like to have an offense that looks like Kansas City's? Isn't isn't that offense more exciting than what we've watched here? Oh wait, wait a minute. What's the what's the one thing they have? Even if they didn't have Hill, right? It's it's Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, ultimately they've got to come up with something that Sam Howe or whatever quarterback they end up with can run and be effective. Sure, it would be great if it would look like Kansas City's offense, putting up 30 points all the time, going up and down the field against Philadelphia in the Super Bowl in the second half. Just going up and down the field against Jonathan Gannon's vaunted defense that sacked the quarterback so much during the course of this year. Oh, wait a minute. Do we have Creed Humphrey on the offensive line anchoring things? Oh, no. Do we have Joe Thune? No. Oh, really? Okay. So, again, you you got to come back to him coaching this roster. And it's not going to look like that right away. There may be glimpses. There may be times where it looks okay. I mean, look how Hal looked in the last game of the year in Scott Turner's offense, which we were told was boring, decrepit. It sucks. And yet they were able to make plays in his first game as a starting quarterback. So that's not to say, don't say Sam can't go run Eric Bieniemy's system or the system that, that he would run here. So if you can get an offense that scores 25, 26 points a game all of a sudden, they don't even have to get the 30. If this, if this offense can get the 25 or 26 and you can return most of the defense you put on the field last year with a, an upgrade here and there, more depth here and there, then all of a sudden your team's going to look considerably different, and it has to in this division. It has to. You know, Patrick Mahomes put the the thought to rest about a team not being able to win when its quarterback got its, its big numbers. That's because they've got a talented front office and good player development from their coaching staff. You know, at some point, you know, Philadelphia's going to have to pay Hurts. But they're probably going to still be able to, to, to be good because they've got draft picks down the road that they're going to be able to utilize for either picking players or trades. Giants are certainly going to have to ante up a little bit for Daniel Jones if they're going to bring him back this year. Dallas is already feeling the effects of paying Dak $40 million plus. So you've got the opportunity with a guy on an incredibly cheap rookie deal, a fifth-round rookie deal. And, and you've got an ability to build things up around him where you already have terrific skilled people. If, I, if I'm Ron Revere today, and, and this is the question I want to throw out to you, if you are interviewing Eric Bieniemy today and you are Ron Rivera, what are you asking him? What's the most important thing you need to hear from him in response to applying for my offensive coordinator position? And at the same time, let's flip it around. If you're Eric Bieniemy, what are you asking Ron Rivera? How does this interview go? Put yourself in their shoes. You know, if you're Ron, what are you asking Bieniemy? More importantly, if you're Bieniemy, what are you asking Ron? In terms of how you shape this offense, make it better. How do I utilize Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, Cam Sims? 
Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. I mean, I, I got I got seven legitimate. I got eight because you go you can at least go deep with Williams, and if you bring back Patterson at running back, you know you got nine people that are legitimate NFL players that you have at your disposal. We can figure out the tight end room, you know, with, with what's happening there with Bates and Turner, Rogers, Logan Thomas. I mean, it's 13. I mean, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I at least look at the room and go, man, I, I got some ingredients I can work with here. But if you're in that interview today, if you're Eric, what are you asking Ron? And if you're Ron, more importantly, what are you asking Eric in terms of how are you going to take these guys and make my offense better? Because last year, last year, and, and certainly for those of you that call here, 80% of the issue was Scott Turner in your mind, okay? Scott Turner messed this up. So if you're, if you're Ron, you say to Eric Bieniemy, how are you making this better? Tell me how you're going to make my football team better. How are you going to help me, Ron Rivera, win more games? How are you going to help me stay here coaching in Washington and running the front office here? How are you going to help me? Because that's don't for don't think for one minute that's 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 what Ron Rivera is searching for here. How are you going to help us stick around here and and make more cash in this position? Put yourself in their positions. What are you asking in an interview? I mean, think about what you've asked people in an interview process or been asked. This is football. This is great stuff. This is exciting. This is fun. Okay? You you put yourself in either one of those positions. I mean, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, you know, I, it's almost gotten to the point where Eric has to get out of Kansas City. And, and, and everybody's talking. I mean, obviously the Greg Roman interview went well. So Ron probably feels like he's got him and or Zampezi in the bag if he needs them. But, you know, Eric Bieniemy's almost put himself now in a position where he, he's got to bolt Kansas City, get somewhere else. And I will say this. When you're when you're looking around, you know, Buck, Buccaneers job looks like it's getting ready to fill up, you know, with, with uh, Dave Canales. And jobs are starting to fill up. And if Eric Piennemi is going to get out of Kansas City, the job to take is right here in Washington, 301-230-0980. What are you asking in that interview process today if you're Ron Rivera and or Eric Piennemi as you talk to each other about the development of this football team and this football product? Because the, the, the wild card over this certainly is ownership and whether they feel like they need to, you know, blow Ron out at some point. I, I, I don't. You know, I hope that's not the case. I think Ron Rivera deserves better than that. But as we know, and we've got plenty of, you know, precedent for it, we talked about it. Dan Snyder, Yank Norv Turner, 11 games in. Jerry Jones, Savage Tom Landry, the legend, gone. Thank you, Tom. But uh, this team sucks right now. We need to make a move. And they did. They sucked. They, They were bad at the end of the Tom Landry era. That's, and that's why they were bad at the start of the Jimmy Johnson era there in Dallas. Things had deteriorated, you know, from a roster standpoint. They just weren't very good. And, you know, when I when I think about the – I don't think there's any risk here. Ron knows 
that if they're bad, ownership's going to make a change anyway. So why not take a chance with a guy like Eric Bieniemy? And as we've said all along, Chris and I talked about this early in the week when it became apparent that he was going to interview. This is an interview, and this would be a hire that is well-received. This, this is a hire that would be well-received in, in this market and, and really any other at this point because football fans want to see football fans want to see what all of the hype is all about because we we've seen now for the last handful of years we've asked the question why can't Eric Bieniemy get a job why can't he get a head coaching job i mean the guys in philadelphia yesterday all day long i'm listening to john marks and ike reese and and they're like they're even making fun of it here's jonathan gannon who, you know, Bianami's part of an offense that just went up and down the field on him, and he gets the Arizona job. And yet Eric Bianami can't get a, a position. You know, Shane Steichen, you know, short time in Philadelphia, proved himself, you know, to, to be what looks to be a reasonable offensive guy. Bang, head coaching job in Indianapolis. You know, I mean, it, it can't be – it can't be the Andy Reid excuse. It can't be the non-play calling excuse. Doug Peterson was the exact same person Eric Bieniemy was in Kansas City. And in Philadelphia, he went to a Super Bowl and won it in two years. Year one in Jacksonville, got him in the playoffs. John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. He wasn't calling any plays. He wasn't calling any offense. He's won a Super Bowl in Baltimore. So the, the more... The more those that try to shy away from the racial component, the more we find facts with other coaches that maybe strengthen that component. As much as we want at some point to advance in our lives where that is not an issue, it's still an issue. It, 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 it is because we're running out of excuses for Eric Bieniemy because it, you, you keep wanting – everybody wants to know why he hasn't called plays. Well, we got plenty of examples of other guys who haven't done it and have won Super Bowls. They've won Super Bowls. But John, again, John Harbaugh went from special teams coordinator to head coach, and he won a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson was in the exact same role. Matt Nagy, exact same role, took the Bears to the playoffs. Exact same role. So, you know, I mean, unless somebody knows something in NFL security that nobody else knows, I mean, there, there's there's no other excuses. There's no other excuses. And, and I hope he comes here, and I hope he lights it up. I hope Sam Howe throws for 4,400 yards, Terry and Jahan go for a thousand each, and this team competes for a playoff spot next year. And then the problem for Washington will be: you're either going to have to hire him as the head coach, or somebody else will finally do it, and then you're back to looking for another offensive coordinator again. Because if the guy comes in here and lights the offense on fire, and and they go gangbusters. Somebody is somebody finally going to have to hire him as a head coach, and at that point, if you're Washington, 
just as we talked about all of the, the guys that got out of this building that are coaching all over the league now. You would hope new ownership would realize, you know what, maybe, maybe that guy needs to be here for a long time. How do we secure that? We make him the head coach. Because then he can do what Andy Reid does and be the head coach and call plays. Now, it clearly it could be quite the opposite, too. It could end up being a disaster. And then it is what it is. You move on and you do something else. But if that guy comes in here and lights it up, it takes the play-calling excuse away, and then Washington would be left with a decision. Do you make him the head coach so he stays here? Because at that point, you know somebody would then finally bring him over to be the, the head coach. I will say this for Ron during this process. You know, sometimes you, you interview like, you know, you interview three, four guys because you're not trying to make a mockery of the process, especially if you have a person in mind. Like, in other words, if they were, if they were hell-bent on hiring Zampezi, I don't know if there's any way Ron's interviewing seven, eight, per, uh, eight people. That's just not usually what happens if you already have an idea uh, of what it is. You know, it's kind of like the coaching business. I mean, you know, when I, I talk to other coaches for my son, and they're like, well, you know, we're already down the road with somebody. They're not, they're not going to interview somebody usually just to interview them at that point if they're already down the road with a different candidate. So, you know, I, I think this is legit. I think it's been a legitimate search. I think Ron's done his due diligence, and I think Ron has talked to legitimate people. Anthony Lynn has credentials. Greg Roman has credentials. Eric Bieniemy has credentials. You know, I mean, London, Brown, those are all guys that are up-and-coming dudes uh, in, in this game. I, I, I think the, the people that they've interviewed are fine, I, I, and I'm happy. Uh, to be honest with you, if you're a Washington fan, you should be happy that Ron has gone through this process and talked to the number of people that he has because he hasn't just talked to jabronis. He's talked to people that have won games in this league, that have performance, have stuff you can hang your hat on. And, and that, to me, has been the most important part of this. Let's talk to you about it now. 301-230-0980. Put yourself in the shoes of Ron. What are you asking Eric? And if you're Eric, what are you asking Ron? As the interview process takes place today, and this should conclude the interview process for the open Washington offensive coordinator position. 40 minutes from now, we're talking college hoops. Big one in College Park right here on the Team 980 tonight as Purdue and Zach Eady come to town. You'll hear it with Johnny Holiday and Chris Knocky tonight right here on the Team 980. Patrick Stevens joins us at 11 o'clock to preview that game and more of local college hoops. It's Russell and Medhurst on a Thursday morning on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T. Parker on Twitter says he thinks that Bienemy's committing career coaching suicide if he comes to D.C. He said if the new owners clean house, he may not get another job. You never know, though. New ownership may like the storyline of Bienemy and being the first team to give them and first ownership group to give them 
a chance. What better way to endear yourself to your fans than reaching out to a person that has been consistently overlooked? There's uh, the initial support of the hire would be far more positive than negative surrounding Eric Bieniemy. So you're making you're making immediate, you know, you're making immediate dividends with your fans by turning to a guy that no one will give a chance to. It's almost like he's the underdog in this situation. And everybody would come together and, and really pull hard uh, for this guy to make it work. So, you know, again, I mean, the, clearly Kansas City has a two-man game in Mahomes and Kelsey, as, you know, Ross Rutter points out. But when you look at the depth of what Washington has overall, you know, there's a lot of great potential there. Really is. Certainly going to come down to whether Sam Howe and or someone else, whoever it ends up being, uh, can execute things at the quarterback position. Let's go to Allen Hyattsville. What are you asking if you're Eric Bieniemy? What are you asking if you're Ron Rivera in this interview process? What's up, Al? Hey, what's going on? Um, I think what I'm asking first, if I'm Bieniemy, is do I have control of everything? offensively. Uh, I don't think that uh, a guy would want to come in here and uh, currently, uh, as he's been in his past uh, iterations where there's been uh, multiple cooks uh, stirring the pot, where uh, he needs that uh, particular chance where it's just him. You know, he's, I'm the, I'm the crafter of this offense. I'm the crafter of this office of scheme and everything and i think that that says a lot and would speak volumes to you especially if he comes here and he's successful and they're winning uh that speaks volumes say okay the guy knows his stuff he you know he didn't need andy reed or anybody else to help him assist with that uh as far as ron um i think for ron asking him i think um it, it would be probably a mixture of things. I think that in one instance, I would ask him uh, to, uh, is he, uh, you know, is he ready to leave? Because I think um, that's one of the things that guys think they're ready to re- are like, are you really ready to leave and be, and be in charge of this? Uh, and so that, that's the thing. And are you ready to deal with turmoil? Because unfortunately he's coming to a situation where there's a lot of turmoil, you know, can you handle pressure? Are you a guy that's going to be able to handle pressure knowing the difficulties here it might be working in Washington? No doubt. Al, appreciate the call. I think it's perceptive points. And the pressure part of it is an interesting one because certainly in the short term, before a sale is finalized, there is a lot of uncertainty. You don't know. You don't know what's what's really happening until a new owner comes in and consummates a deal and makes things happen. I mean, it's still going to be an internal. I mean, even if it was Dan, there's still going to be an internal drive to try and win games. I mean, Dan Snyder's always going to want to win games. I don't think that's ever been a uh, an issue from that standpoint. I mean, he's always provided the financial resources necessary to whoever's running his clubs to, you know, to, to try and, and get the job done. That's never been the issue. You know, the ultimate issue has been the people that he has chosen along the way you know, to do those things for him. That, that's been his biggest error from a football standpoint as an owner. Providing resources, providing finance has never been the issue. Now, think about this. 
think about all of the storylines you would have if indeed a sale comes down. You got new ownership. You got will they keep Ron? Eric Bieniemy's in the building. You know, would they promote him to head coach? I mean, there's so many storylines that would immediately come to life uh, if and when a new a, a new owner and a sale does come down. I mean, for us, it's a bonanza. For you as fans, it's a bonanza because we got a lot to talk about. For bartenders around the area, it's a bonanza because everybody in the bar is going to be talking about, hey, you see the, the commanders got sold. You know, they're going to change the name. They're going to remarket themselves to something else. Are they going to fire Ron? Are they going to hire the enemy? Are they going to promote him? I mean, you talk about plenty of things to talk about. There will be plenty to talk about. Our man Little's always got good points. What's up, Little? Hey, what's up, Pete? I know big fella listening. Man, uh, Maddie Ice. Yeah, man, this is what I was telling Maddie Ice, uh, um, uh, Pete. I think if he if he take the co- if he take this position, I think eventually. Um, what I'm thinking eventually. Coach Ron is going to step down when the new owners come in. And he's going to do it in a smooth way where he's going to look at it as he's going to be a, a consultant to the team. They may keep Zambezi as 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 an offensive coordinator. I'm not sure because – I mean, they may keep him as a court, quarterback coach because he's already already close with this, with the kid. But, look, I want to piggy, piggyback a little bit uh, – piggyback a little bit off of what y'all was talking yesterday, Carl Pete. I grew up in Park Chester Apartments, man. That's next door to Berry Farms. Mm-hmm. Man, you got you to gotta grew I played a lot of football on Berry Farms Field with a number of rocks and, and half grass <laughs> and all that back in the day. But now, you know, they, they, they converged to AstroTurf as time went. But now it's, 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 it's a vacant, man. But look, Google Berry Farm 2026. And, man, you ain't going to be amazed how they're going to fix that area up, Pete. And one other thing, man, it's Black History Month. I want to share this with everybody, man. I was about my grandfather and grandmother lived uptown, Pete, in the Detroit Park area. So I was, I would frequently go up northwest. I knew both sides of the bridges as a teenager. That was good southeast. I'd go uptown on the weekend and all that. And uh, there used to be a pool hall uptown. My uncle Gene Little ain't never worked a day in his life. He used to hang around in the pool hall over there, man. And, uh, I would see Jesse Jackson sometime because my grandfather lived blocks from his house. But one day, man, I would go in the pool hall. It was called a Q. The pool hall was called a Q. It used to be on 70 Street. Man, I'd go in there sometime and sweep the floors and stuff like that, make a couple of dollars, a little change of my whole behind up in there. But one Sunday, man, Bumpy Johnson and Malcolm X come walking in the door, man. And I'm sitting up here, man, I'm about 11, 12 years old. I knew him because my uncle was close to them do bumpy. So, man, I got to see Malcolm X and Bubby John. I shook their hand. I'm about 13 years old, man. Now I sit back and I be watching on TV Harlem, you know, Godfather of, 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 of Harlem and all that. Man, you know what? Just to reminisce that. Just a little black history, y'all, everybody, in the football world. I, man, I saw stuff like that as a kid, um, um, Pete. But look, man, I'm going to tell you now, if he take that position, it's a wrap. I think, I think Ron will step down. And I think the, I think they already know who the ownership going to be. Man, they just ain't spilling the beans right now. But, look, God bless everybody. Stay up, man. Appreciate you, Little. Always hoping to stay up, no doubt about it. Um, I think an interesting point there, too, the fact that Harris already toured the facilities. I, I think that tells us that, th- that the sale process is legit. I, I do believe that, you know, 
but remember, there were people at one point that were given uh, opportunity to see the books with the Nationals uh, potential sale, and that did not, you know, and, and maybe it's because of that uh, as what held up the, the sale, the fact that they looked at, you know, certain numbers that, uh, you know, they didn't like, didn't jive, and maybe backed up at that point. So uh, I think as you, you know, as you've seen Harris – Clearly, you know, everybody wants Bezos to get involved in this thing. But I think Harris would be okay, too. I mean, look at look at Philadelphia and the New Jersey Devils, uh, the teams that he owned, in the, in the short term, okay? In the short term of their ownership, they, they have had very positive trajectory with both teams. And, and that's, what you're, that's what you're hoping for here. You're hoping that guy who's done it in two different sports. Not like he just caught lightning in a bottle with, you know, one team and one sport. He's got it in multiple sports. And that's what makes you excited about a guy like that. I don't think you should take him for granted uh, if for some reason Bezos doesn't get involved in this process ultimately, um, you know, as it stands right now. Let's go get our man G from the shop. What's up, G? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm coming through. You Gee, you're up. <laughs> yeah, you're... yeah, man. No, nah, man. Hey, shout out Littles, man. Littles from Parkchester, man. And his age group, he probably know my uncles and my father and them the Charlies from the farm. Shout out, shout out Miles Ron. Hey, Earth, the enemy come here. Because I've been calling for the enemy here before reverse to be the head coach. So I want the enemy to come here and get full autonomy of that offense. And turn it around, and Ron Rivera ain't gonna lose no damn job if Airbnb turn that offense around. So I just want Bliss, twenty-seven points a damn game, and Airbnb be the top candidate for a head coaching job next year, man. I love you, love you, Keith. Appreciate you, G. Likewise, Hoss, and I think you're exactly right. You you hit the same point I just did moments ago. He doesn't have to come in here and go thirty, thirty-one. Doesn't have to. It doesn't have to look like the Chiefs. Washington doesn't have a Travis Kelsey. Okay, they don't have Patrick Mahomes. But if they can get into that 25, 26, 27 point a game range and, and and with this defense coming back reasonably intact to what was a good unit from about week three on last year, that's going to win more games. And it's going to have to be that way. The other three teams in the division are just too good. Yes, I know Philadelphia's going to lose a couple of bodies off that defense. But guess what? Howie's got draft picks. Howie's got flexibility. Howie's going to be able to replace those guys. They're going to be able to replace those guys. Will they be quite the same? Maybe not right away, but Hassan Reddick's not going anywhere. That dude is still going to be terrorizing quarterbacks in the division coming up next year. Micah Parsons, still going to be terrorizing quarterbacks in Dallas. Thibodeau and Ojolari for the Giants still going to be coming to get your quarterback. You have got to be able to fight fire with fire with your offense against those teams. And, again, remember how he's not Mahomes, but he is sneaky athletic. He's sneaky versatile. He's mobile. There's going to be some opportunity to do some things against those pass rushes with his versatility. That and those skill people, that's going to give you a chance. 
I mean, I can't believe. I mean, look, Eric Benemy. Eric Benemy was a running back in Colorado. He's a hell of a player. Okay, he understands the value of the run game. Now he may not come in here and go sixty forty run to pass, but he's a guy that understands this. He played the game. He was a running back. He understands the value of being able to run. So from that standpoint, Ron and Ron and Eric should be able to find some some common ground. I mean, it's not it's not like Eric's a a wide receiver or a quarterback who's going to come in here and and want to throw it all around, you know, at sixty five percent of the time. Eric's going to understand the value of the run. He's going to understand he's got Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Hell, short passing game. What did Philadelphia do in this game? You know, Philadelphia, in, in many ways, both against, you know, the 49ers and against the Chiefs the other day, they used short passing game in lieu of the run. Kansas City was playing well against the run. You know, so they, I mean, teams through the course of the year. The other day, when... In the second half of that game, Isaiah Pacheco ran the football very effectively. So they were calling running plays. That system will run the football. I mean, it may not run it 35 times, you know, like John Riggins, like we all want. Those days are few and far between now in in pro football. Those days aren't coming back. That's not going to happen anymore. But the short pass can be just like the run. The short pass can be turned into big plays with the skill people that you have. That's the that's the exciting thing to me is McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, Brown, they can all turn short pass in space into something bigger. And, and I think people kind of get confused about throwing the football 35, 40 times a game, look at where some of those passes are. If they're four-yard passes that turn into a 12-yard game because the guy's acceleration and speed after the catch gets him that, that's just as effective. I think sometimes we confuse, you know, throwing the ball 30, 35, 38 times a game as we're chucking it 20-plus yards down the field 30 times a game. That's not where the game of football has gone. It's not where it's gone. Go watch some of the more potent offenses. Why? Quarterbacks getting the ball out quickly into guys in space who have speed, who run for yardage. Okay? Every pass is not a 25-yard, you know, post or a 40-yard go-round. That's not, that's not where the game is right now. It's about speed and space. Speed and space. How do I get my speed into space? They run across your face and speed in space, and it's adios to the end zone. You see the smoke coming off their cleats as they run away from you. That's what it's about. It's about speed and space. Let's go to Junkyard Dog. What's up, dog? Hey, what's up? This is what I got to say first. Know your role and slow your role, you jabronis. <laughs> listen to listen to what listen to what Pete just told you. You get you get this guy in here. And he has firsthand seen what it's like not to be able to protect your quarterback because he saw it in the most important game of the year when he was when they played Tampa Bay that year. They were not able to protect Mahomes. And then they redid the line 
and they brought in guys or signed guys that could do that job. So he knows the value of it all. He knows what you just said, the value of getting the ball out quickly into guys in space. And even like you said, even though we don't have a Kelsey or whatever, but a healthy Thomas can do that for a while. We might, you know, we might even find a tight end. You never know in the later rounds who could be, you know, could be even more useful to whatever. But the point is, the guy has all this acumen and experience coming in if he takes the job. You know, and, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't take the job because there's not much left on the table. Not, like, not unless, not unless uh, Andy uh, Reed has told him, say, hey, come on back here, bro. You, you know, we'll, we'll, we, it ain't so bad waiting it out another year. But, you know, but I think he's going to, you know, I, I think if offered the job and they can come to, to, to some, some money agreements, I think he'll be here. And what you said makes a lot of sense. And, I, and was that Paulie before what, what you was talking to when he said that he, he at 10 years old he met Malcolm X and, 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 and Bumpy Johnson? That was little. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, you know what? I can I can I, I, I can identify with all what he said about the age that I am because I did go to New York City and I do remember once I do remember my my uncle pointing to me one time we was walking we we, we, we was up in Harlem and he pointed out he said that's Bumpy Johnson the big the big the big the big time numbers writer and gangster of of, of New York or whatever so I can identify. With all that, what he said. But nice show, nice show. I know you're running it all by yourself, but you're doing one hell of a job. Thank you. Appreciate you, dog. And 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 listening, listening to that, and I think as people, we can appreciate if we listen, if we just open our minds and and we listen. And you listen to Little, and you listen to Junkyard Dog talk about those two people, particularly within the month that we're acknowledging right now, when those two people walk in your building, I guarantee you every head in the room stopped. <laughs> and it, it may have even gotten mighty quiet uh, when, when those two people uh, would walk in a room at that time because of the stature that they had within the community. At that time, I can understand where if you were an 11 or 12-year-old kid, you're like, whoa, oh, they're here. And it's different. It's different, no doubt. No doubt different. Uh, I guarantee it. It's, and it's it's interesting to listen to those stories if you have an open mind and know what those people meant uh, to them uh, within their culture uh, at that time. No doubt about it. 301-230-0980. Final segment here on Football College Hoops coming up top of the hour with Patrick Stevens as we preview Maryland-Purdue, which you're going to get tonight, 6.30 for the tip time. Zach Eady and Purdue in town to take on Maryland in a critical Big Ten matchup coming up tonight. More of your calls next at 301-230-0980. Time to take a look at what's trending. All right. As we mentioned, college hoops, that's the big one coming up on the menu tonight right here on the Team 980. Last night, number one, Alabama went down at Tennessee. 
that number one spot been very volatile of late. The Boilermakers themselves were just in it for the past couple of weeks before a couple of losses in the Big Ten tripping them up. Navy a winner last night at Lehigh. They're now in sole possession of second place via the tiebreakers in the Patriot League. American had the night off. George Mason a winner over George Washington. The Wizards are in action tonight in Minnesota. You'll get that action over on 99-1. And the Capitals will take on the Florida Panthers coming up tonight. You'll hear that game over on 106.7. The fan team obviously still without Alexander Ovechkin for an indefinite period of time following the death of his father. That's a look at what's trending on the Team 980. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. If you don't follow this Twitter handle already, you should. It's the Dan Snyder Delayed Yacht Tracker. <laughs> um, three hours ago it said, after flying to Kansas City, then landing at Dulles Airport for 50 minutes, the Snyder jet flew to Los Angeles. So either a very short interview with Eric Bieniemy or perhaps an extended interview with a night out on the town in L.A., We'll know more if the jet flies back to Kansas City. That's pretty – I, I love – I mean, look, the, the technology we have today – it was funny, I was listening to, uh, you know, a show a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about at one point following the Alabama coordinator search, of which, of course, Mike Loxley has been a coordinator at, at Alabama. Um, I'll get to see Coach tonight at the Annapolis Touchdown Club Banquet. Can't wait to – uh, see him, uh, Navy head coach Brian Newberry, Talia Tungavailo, and, of course, Gonzaga's own John Marshall, part of the honorees uh, in the program in Annapolis tonight over at the Doubletree Hotel. Come on over. I think there's room for you still uh, for the banquet tonight. And that's how diehard it is in a, in a place like that. They literally would send multiple people to the airport in places like that so they could see what planes were coming in and out, who was getting in and out of the planes trying to track the news of who's coming to town to to be the the either the head coach or the offensive coordinator uh, at, at a place like Alabama, the defensive coordinator, because uh, they had openings uh, for both here in this offseason. And, and that's how diehard it is in places like that. Well, now we have the technology and the Internet which can basically, you know, take care of that for us. We can follow the planes. We know where they're coming from and, and things of that nature. You don't have to have somebody scout out a plane in Tennessee or a plane in Atlanta or somewhere like that uh, to try and figure this stuff out. But it is – it just goes to show you, you know, how in-tuned some people are uh, to this information, how much this franchise still – despite all of its warts over the last, you know, really since the last Super Bowl. I mean, because it's, it's not been great since the last Super Bowl. And, you know, we're still here. We're all still here. Even those of you that don't go to the games anymore, you still turn the TV on on Sunday. Yeah, I know a few, a few of you may have migrated over to Baltimore, and that's fine. It's a great organization. 
it's a it's a great alternative if you finally get fed up with what's going on here. I mean, those those people run an incredible ship up in Baltimore. Some of you may be rooting for other people. Maybe some of you just root for individual players now. I mean, I'm not. I, I know that not all of you are still here uh, that rooted for the previous football team here in Washington. And in a sense, this is an expansion team. The Commanders, you, they've made it an expansion team. It's not the Redskins anymore. It's not. It, it is. It's a different team, which is why people are already talking about, hey, man, if a new owner comes in here, they should rebrand this thing already. That's how bad this rebranding has gone. That's how much people really are not big fans of what has occurred. I mean, I'm sitting here in my office, and I'm looking at all my Redskins press passes up on the wall and, you know, in in frames and things of that nature. Um, and it's just, you know, the first one I have from – uh, the first game I ever got to cover, you know, at, at RFK Stadium. And it's it, it's just, it's not the same deal. And we have to come to grips with that. I think that's the biggest thing. We have to come to grips with it that that's not what this is anymore. And I think it's part of uh, the reason why it's been so hard to watch all of this failure and mediocrity on the field. Because... Those of us who are old enough, we know how good it's been in this city of time. We know how passionate it is. Same thing with the Wizards. We talk about it all the time. Look at look at those brief glimpses when we had it under Gill and when we had it under Wall and, and Brad a couple years ago. People will show up. People want to root for the basketball team. People want to root for the football team. We just we just all we're asking for is a little bit of success once in a while. Just a little bit of consistent success. And, you know, when we had that with, with Gill and, and Jameson and Wall and Beal, you know, heck, even the brief glimpse of Paul Pierce here in town. Think about that, man. We, we've been the place for Hall of Famers to kind of come get a cup of coffee at the end and get us excited. You know, Paul Pierce, Michael Jordan, you may have heard of them, you know. But it got people excited about coming to watch basketball here in town because it's a basketball town. Just like we were talking about with with Little, you know, about Barry Farms. Barry Farms is one of the one of the churches of basketball in the area. It, it is it is like a cult over there because of what those you know hard courts have meant to to kids in D.C. for so many years. You know that that this is a basketball city. It's it's aching to have a winner in in the Wizards, aching for it. Same thing with the football team. We're aching for it. Can Eric Bieniemy bring that back? You know, we'll see. I think Robert Griffin, you know, brought up a perceptive point on Twitter a little while ago. You know, Eric Bieniemy shouldn't have to prove himself. And Robert's right. Robert's right on that standpoint. Unfortunately, sometimes in life, sometimes in life you have to go do other things to try and prove yourself finally to people that continue to pass you up. You know, some of us in the broadcasting industry have that same thing. You know, sometimes you just you keep getting passed up and you're watching it and you're going, man, you know, you're you know you're every bit as good as, as some people do in specific sports that you like. Unfortunately, you just can't get that chance and you might have to go somewhere else. Sometimes, you know, circumstances dictate that you can't move. Pedro's not moving likely unless somebody's, you know, putting a lot of money on the table. 
So I'm here. It's been my home for years, my entire life. That's what it's all about. And Eric Bieniemy, you know, remember, his contract is up. You know, Kansas City can keep him. They can put money on the table to keep him if they choose to do it. But at some point, and even Andy Reid alluded to it, you want to you spread your wings and fly away and prove yourself. And Robert's right. He shouldn't have to prove himself. We've seen people do the exact same thing and have success. Unfortunately, in this case, time waits for no man. And time eventually runs out. And for Eric Bieniemy, now might be the time he has to capitalize on that type of an opportunity. Big one in college basketball locally on the Team 980 tonight. Maryland and Purdue. Patrick Stevens joins us to preview it next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.